Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa man tabi'ahum wa walahum bi ihsanin ila yumiddin wa ba'd Faqad qala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fil Qur'an al-Majid Fa'ad'a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu dukhulu fi silmi kafah وقال جل جلاله وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن من خياركم أحسنكم أخلاقا وكما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والحمد لله رب العالمين مرسبتل علماء كرام مرسبتل ألز مردز تفيبز بالله سبحانه وتعالى بونس are innumerable. Every single second of our lives, we are the recipients of great favors, great bounties, great boons from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا If a person has to try to make a list of the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon him, the list will go on and on and on the person will try to count the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but the list will never come to an end. And as we've heard many, many times, my dear brothers, the greatest favor which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon you and I is His great favor, ni'mat, bounty of Islam, this deen of Islam. And a person can understand the magnitude, the greatness of this favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where the Nabi alayhi salatu wassalam says, Inna Allah yu'ti dunya liman yuhib wa man la yuhib. Then when it comes to the things of this world, the worldly gains, the wealth of this world, Allah Ta'ala gives this to every person. The one he loves, even the one who, who he does not love, does not like, Allah gives him as well. So a person being wealthy, a person being well off, is not necessarily a sign that Allah Ta'ala loves that person. وَإِنَّمَا يُعْتِ الدِّينَ يُعْتِ الدِّينَ لِمَنْ أَحَبُّ But when it comes to this deen, this perfect deen, the deen of Allah says, أَتْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ Which is a kamil, which is a perfect way. يُلَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ Allah Ta'ala says, Deena, Allah Ta'ala says, I'm happy with this Islam as your way of life. Allah Ta'ala only gives this deen لِمَنْ أَحَبُّ to the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. فَمَنْ أَعْطَاهُ اللَّهُ الدِّينَ فَقَدْ أَحَبَّ that person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed with deen. You and I sitting here with iman in our hearts. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us iman, has given us deen, has given Islam. This is an indication that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us. And my dear brothers, the beauty of our religion, of our Islam, unlike the religions of the world, is that our deen does not only teach us how we should be in the masjid, or how we should be in Makkah and Medina, or how we should be behaving in the month of Ramadan. But the beauty of our religion is that our religion has teachings, has guidelines for every single aspect of our lives. Every single aspect of our lives. So be it the major issues in our lives, or the smaller issues in our lives. Be it the important issues in our lives, or the mundane issues in our lives. Be the day-to-day activities, the day-to-day issues of our lives that happen not so often, our religion has some sort of teaching and some wholesome guideline in that regard. I mean, which other religion of the world teaches a person 
That if you are walking upon a pathway and you find some harmful object on the pathway, some thorn, some broken glass, a rock, then moving that harmful object is not only your moral duty, but you will be rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for doing so. On an occasion, just to highlight my dear brothers, how our religion has teach it, taught us everything. One occasion, Salman are walking along. A mushrik, a non-believer, addresses him and tells him, لَقَدْ عَلَّمَكُمْ نَبِيُّكُمْ كُلَّ شِنْ حَتَّى الْخِرَاءِ He was trying to pick fun, he was trying to mock Salman Farsi radiallahu ta'ala, he was trying to mock the religion of Islam. He said, oh Salman, your Nabi is teaching you everything. He's even teaching you how to go to the toilet. Such a normal thing, a mundane thing, a natural thing. He's even teaching you how to go to the toilet. So he was trying to pick fun, he was trying to mock the religion, mock the teaching of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Had Salman Farsi radiallahu ta'ala anhu studied his life, my dear brothers, a person who had gone through various religions. Initially he was a majusi, a fire worshipper. Thereafter, initially he was a fire worshipper. Thereafter, he accepted Christianity. He found problems in Christianity. Then he became a Jew. And finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided him to the light of Islam. So he appreciated the teachings of Islam. He understood the value of the teachings of Islam. So he was not shy and he did not become... I'm not shy about it. Our Nabi has taught us everything. Even going to the toilet, he has taught us how to go to the toilet. That when we go to the toilet, we do certain things and we do not do certain things. So my dear brothers, the aspect that makes our religion stand head and shoulders above other religions is our religion has teachings for every single thing. Mawlana Abdul Hassan al-Nadwi, the prolific writer, historian, he writes and he says that he does a study of the religions of the past, the major, major religions of the past, so be it Christianity, be it Judaism, uh, be it Buddhism, Hinduism, the major religions, he does a study, and he says that after studying these religions, we realize that these religions, at the advent of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, had very little or nothing to offer to mankind and humanity. In fact, he said, some of them had been reduced to mere customs, mere rituals, and some of them even had the element of racism in them. So these were the religions of the past. Very little, very nothing to offer to mankind. And it was at that time, and in this atmosphere, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now sends Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam with the very, very wholesome, very, very profound teachings of Islam. And because our religion has, our religion has so many teachings, so many wholesome, profound teachings, the ulama, jazahumullahu khairan, they have broken down the teachings of our religion and they have categorized it into different categories. So for example, they will say some of the teachings of Quran and Sunnah pertain to our actions of ibadat, our actions of worship, our acts of devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So be it our salah, when we can perform salah, when we cannot perform salah, how to perform salah, how to give zakat, how much of zakat to give and the rest of it. And certain certain teachings deal with our mu'amalat, our business dealings. So what kind of transactions are legal in Islam? What kinds of transactions are illegal in Islam? Then you have the issue of mu'asharat, our social dealings. So what is the duty of a child towards his parents? What is the duty of the parents towards the child? What is the duty of a husband towards his wife and the wife towards the husband and the rest of it? And also we have the branch of akhlaqiyat. Our morals, our character, our, attitude, our attitude. And my dear brothers, one of the biggest downfalls of the Muslims today, 
of our Muslims today is that we have sectionalized our deen. We've only taken certain issues, certain aspects of our deen to be important, and we have shown no importance to other parts of our deen. We've only shown regard to certain issues of our deen, and shown total regard to other issues of our deen. So many times you'll see a person, you know a person, mashallah, is regular with his salah, he's in the first saf of the masjid, alhamdulillah, a very, very great thing. You know, down, I know we are playing down the importance of this year, a very, very great thing, something we should all be striving for. The, but the person feels, I'm in the first half of the masjid, alhamdulillah, I'm giving my, I'm giving my zakat, every now and then I'm going for umrah. So this person feels that I am a complete Muslim. I am a good Muslim. Even though the person's business dealings may be in shambles. And sometimes we hear a person say, you know me, I may not be a regular, I may not be a namazi. I may not be very, very regular by my salah. But when I give my word, I give my zaman, then I keep my word. Alhamdulillah, that is very, very good quality to have. But this is only bits and pieces of deen. Allah Ta'ala does not expect of us, Allah does not want from us deen in bits and pieces. Ya Allah Ta'ala wants us to enter into deen in totality, entirety, complete deen Allah Ta'ala wants from us. So my dear brothers, one issue which unfortunately many of us have disregarded, and have shown no importance towards is the issue of akhlaqiyat, the issue of our character, our morals, our conduct, our attitude towards people. Just as our religion has stressed the importance of salah, has stressed the importance of fasting, has stressed on the importance of performing hajj and the rest of it, our deen has also stressed upon us the importance of having good akhlaq. Inna min khiyarikum ahsanakum akhlaqa. The hadith Sharif says that amongst the best, pe- the best people amongst you is not necessarily the one who is only regular with his salah or only regular with his zakat, but added to that the person also has very, very good akhlaq, a very, very good character, then that person is the best believer. You know, many times we have heard this word, Akhlaq, husnul khuluq, having good akhlaq. What does it mean? So ulama have written different interpretations, different definitions of what akhlaq is. And to put it to you briefly, my dear brothers, every single Muslim, every single person in, in his life is on a journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single person is on the pathway that he is moving towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, some people have gone ahead in this pathway and some of us are lagging behind. But every person nonetheless is on a pathway towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this person, a person, as he develops and as he moves ahead on this pathway towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, two qualities develop in him or two things happen within him. One thing decreases in him and one thing increases in him. One thing decreases in him and one thing increases in him. The thing that increases, decreases in him is his, uh, his, his attitude of self-importance. Huh? His egos and his issue of self-importance now decreases in him. So now the person no longer sees himself as important. He no longer has any egos. You know, we have the, uh, the, the giant of the Indian subcontinent, Rashid Ali. on one occasion, his spiritual mentor, his spiritual perceptor, Hazrat Mulana, Hazrat Hajim Dadullah Muhajid Makki Rahmatullah writes, writes to him, Hazrat Hajim Dadullah Rahmatullah himself, a great giant, a person who lived in Makkah, Mukarrama, who is buried in the very, very same Qabristan as our mother, Khadija radiallahu ta'ala is buried him. So he writes to his murid, he writes to his disciple, that, Oh Rashid Ahmad, I have not heard from you for, for a very, very long time. Tell me what is your spiritual state? What is your spiritual state? 
So Hazrat Rahmati writes back to his Shaykh and he says that, Hazrat, as for my spiritual state, I have very little to say about that. But what I can tell you, what I can tell you, that I have no regard for my, I don't have any ego anymore. So a person, a person running me down makes absolutely... So a person, when he's developing and going towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the thing that decreases in him is his issue of self-importance. And the thing that increases in a person when he's moving and goes ahead towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, activity and his awareness of those around him. That in no way whatsoever, in no way whatsoever, neither through my words, nor through my actions, must any person in any way suffer, must any person in any way have any, suffer any sort of inconvenience. Hazrat Madni Rahmat saying, just to show you that a person now, when he develops this issue of akhlaq in him, and sensitivity towards others, he was once traveling on the train. In the train, there was a Hindu person who was on the same carriage as him. So Hazrat Madni Rahmat noticed that this person is very uneasy. This Hindu person very uneasy. He's waking up from his seat, he's going to the back of the carriage, and he very quickly is returning and coming back. So Admadni Rahmatullahi, he realized there's something right here. Perhaps this person needs to use the toilet. So Admadni Rahmatullahi goes to the toilet of that carriage, and he noticed in a very, very, in a non, it was not in a good state. So Admadni Rahmatullahi, a great giant himself, a person who lived in Marina Munawwara for a very long period of his life, a person who had the opportunity of teaching hadith in the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he himself gets down on his knees, he gets down on his knees, and he cleans up and neatens up the toilet for this person. And it, when he goes to a Hindu person, he tells him, I think you, have, you are wanting to use the toilet. The toilet has been cleaned up now, you may go use the toilet. This person goes and uses the toilet, and then he realizes that the person who cleaned up the toilet was none other than Hazrat Rahmatani himself. And now he goes, and he now interested in accepting Islam. So my dear brothers, when a person is moving towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the person's now decrease, the decrease in his issue of self-importance, his egos, and his awareness and his sensitivity towards other people around him, this is what good akhlaq is. Not to be concerned about yourself, don't have the issue of self-importance, an ego of self-importance, but rather to worry about the comfort of other people, this is what is good akhlaq. Good akhlaq is to be good to others even though others may not be good to you. So a person, for you to be good to a person because he is good to you, that not necessarily mean a person has good akhlaq. You're merely repaying the favor. Rather, real good akhlaq is to be good to the person even though the person is not good to you. On occasion, Malik bin Dina rahmatullahi, a great ascetic, a great zaid of the past, was in the morning, tahajjud time, he was in his house, he was making the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That morning, a thief scales the wall of Malik bin Dinar rahmatullahi and now comes into the dwelling, into the home of Malik bin Dinar rahmatullahi. Malik bin Dinar rahmatullahi, being an ascetic, being a zahid, he had very little of dunya to offer this person. Very little of dunya to offer this person. So the person went around the home of Malik bin Dinar, he saw there's nothing much to steal. So the person now is now leaving and scaling the wall again to leave the home. So Hazrat Malik bin Dinar observed all of this. The person did not notice Hazrat Malik bin Dinar rahmatullahi So he tells him that, uh, Oh my brother, you have come here to take my dunya. I do not have much dunya to offer you, but can I interest you in the akhirah? Can I interest you in the akhirah? So the person comes and he sits down to next to Malik bin Dinar rahmatullahi 
So then Malik bin Dinar begins to speak to him. And this person is taken aback by the by the akhlaq of Malik bin Dinar. That I came to cause harm to this person. I came to steal from him. I wanted bad for him. But this person wants good for me. He wants good for me. Akhlaq. He wants good for me. So he speaks to the person, the person there and then he makes toba. Time for Fajr comes. Malik bin Dinar rahmatullahi now leaves the home with this thief. This person was a very, very infamous, famous, well-known thief in the community. So the people are surprised. The sage of the time, the most pious person of our time, and the greatest thief of the time are coming out together. So they ask Malik bin Dinar, what has happened here? How together? So he says, He came to steal from us. I ended up stealing his heart. I ended up capturing his heart. So my dear brothers, what is akhlaq? Akhlaq is not to be concerned about yourself, but to be worried about those around you. So my dear brothers, the next time you come to a mosque, a masjid, and the, 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 the parking or the sign is there, please park close to the wall so that those people behind you, and we ignore that sign, then that means we have to work on our akhlaq. If a person goes to a shopping mall or he goes to a supermarket, and while he is pushing his trolley, he leaves his trolley in the middle of the aisle, thereby inconveniencing other people, then this person needs to work on his akhlaq. If we are driving on the road, and yes, we are all, we can make mistakes. By mistake, we may have cut in front of somebody, we may have blocked off somebody, and that person begins to hoot at us, perhaps swears at us. At that time, if we also become enraged, we also become angry for our mistake, then that means we need to refine our akhlaq and work on our akhlaq. So my dear brothers, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa came into this world with many teachings. And this has, he stressed the importance of other issues. He also stressed upon us the importance of having good akhlaq. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, you have two people. One is a person who day and night is in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The person fasts the entire day, night time he stands up and he's making tahajjud, performing salat. And another person who may not feel actions. Yes, the faraid we all have to do. We're not doing so many voluntary actions. But that person has good akhlaq. But that person has good akhlaq. Allah's Nabi Wasallam said that these two people are equally beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's Nabi Wasallam said that tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah, the person who will be closest to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will be the person who had the best akhlaq. And he also says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah, the person... The thing that will weigh the heaviest, the thing that will weigh the heaviest on the scales of good deeds of a person will be the good akhlaq of a person. On one occasion a person came to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said, Nabi of Allah, tell me what are the issues that will become the main reasons to get people into Jannah, to take us to Jannah. So Allah's Nabi said two things, taqwa Allah wa husnul khuluq. For a person to constantly be wary of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for a person to have good akhlaq. Nabi Sallam mentioned in a hadith sharif, أَنَا زَعِيمٌ بِبَيْتٍ فِي رَبَضِ الْجَنَّةِ لِمَنْ تَرَكَ الْمِرَاءُ وَإِنْ كَانَ مُحِقًا Allah's Nabi said, I stand guaranteed for that person who, I stand, I stand guaranteed for a house on the outskirts of Jannah, for that person who will leave out an argument even though he may be right. You know, many times people say, you know, it's my haqq. It's my right, I will fight for my right. Yes, my dear brothers, we have every right to ask for it, our haqq. But our deen also teaches us that sometimes, let it go. And I am, I am extending guarantee for a house in the outskirts of Jannah, for that person who will drop an argument, 
drop an argument, drop an issue, drop a fight, even though he may be right. Allah's Nabi said, وَأَنَا زَعِيمُ بَيْتٍ فِي وَسَطِ الْجَنَّةِ لِمَنْ تَرَكَ الْكَذِبَ لِمَنْ تَرَكَ الْكَذِبَ وَإِنْ كَانَ مَازِحًا Nabi said, I, leave, I guarantee a home in the center part of Jannah for that person who will leave out, who will leave out lies even at the time of joking. وَبَيْتٍ فِي أَعْلَى الْجَنَّةِ لِمَنْ حَسُنَ خُلُقُ And I guarantee a home in the highest part of, highest part of Jannah. The A'la Jannah, the highest part of Jannah. For which person? For this person who has good akhlaq. For that person who has good akhlaq. And Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, not only through his words taught us what is good akhlaq, but Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam practically showed us and taught us what is good akhlaq. Innama bu'ithtu liutammima salih al-akhlaq. Innama bu'ithtu liutammima makarim al-akhlaq. Allah's Nabi said, I have been sent into this world and part of my mission is to show mankind what is good akhlaq. What is good akhlaq? On one occasion, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was walking with Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. A Bedouin comes to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he pulls Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by his shawl. Nabi alayhi wa sallam, that he was wearing a shawl, the border of it was a bit rough. It had some embroidery on it, it was a bit rough. The person pulled Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so violently and so harshly that it left a mark on the neck of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And not only that, the person now very harshly addresses Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and tells him, O Muhammad, give me some of the wealth. And this wealth is not your wealth, it is Allah's wealth. So give me some of that wealth. So he treated Nabi sallallahu in this harsh way. He spoke in this harsh way. If it had been you and I, my dear Allah only knows what would happen. But the Sahabi says, Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa at that time did not become angry. He turns to this person and he is smiling. And he tells him that, oh, whoever take him and give him some of the wealth that Allah ta'ala has bestowed upon us. Hazrat Muawiyah bin Hakam, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he was a Bedouin. And generally the people who lived in the outlying areas, uh, the Bedouins, uh, they were not too familiar uh, with the akhlaq, uh, the character of the people of the city and the way they should be behaving. So he came to a masjid Nabawi, Muawiyah bin Hakam, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So he says, I was reading salah, and in salah one person sneezed. So I said, Allah. So Sahaba, they heard this person talking in Salah, you know, so be talking in Salah, so they became angry with him, so they begin to stare at him. So he, instead of quieting down, instead of, instead of leaving it, he asked them, what's the matter with you? Why are you all looking at me? Why are you all looking at me? So then, the Sahaba now began to hit their thighs to try to quiet this person down. Muawiyah bin Hakam says, after the namaz was completed, he says, Wallahi, bi abi, bi abi huwa ummi, may my mother and father be, father be sacrificed for Rasulullah sallallahu he said, Wallahi, in my life, I never saw a teacher with better akhlaq than Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And never in my life will I, will I ever see a teacher with better akhlaq than Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahi, Allah's Nabi, for my mistake, he did not shout me, he did not scold me, he did not hit me, he did not abuse me. The only thing he told me was, Oh Muawiyah, this salah is meant for the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In salah, we do not talk. As Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu says that I was the khadim, the attendant of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for 10 solid years. Hadaran wa safaran. Whether Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was out on journey, I was his khadim, I was the attendant. Whether Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was back home in Medina Munawwara, I was the attendant. You know, one is, 
you live with a person, you meet a person for the first time, maybe you would think that he has good akhlaq, he has good morals, good character, but when you stay with a person for a long time, travel with a person, then you see the true colors of a person. She said, for 10 solid years on Safar, and back in Medina Munawwara, I was the attendant of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says, they do not a single day that ever happened that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam showed any bad akhlaq to me. It never happened that I was supposed to do something and I didn't end up doing it. That the business asked me, honest, why didn't you do it? And if I had done something which is not up to the level of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah's Nabi never asked me, honest, why didn't you do it in this way? So my dear brothers, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came and showed us what is good akhlaq. Many times we hear this statement by the Orientalists and other people. They say Islam spread by the sword. Islam was spread by the sword. If by this they mean that the territories of the Muslims, the territory of the Muslim expanded by the sword and different lands came under Muslim control by the Mujahideen going out, then we have no problem with this because this is the case in every dynasty. Every country, every dynasty, the expansion of their territories happened by their warriors going out and claiming that land. But if they mean that people were forced to accept Islam by means of the sword, then this is a Pharisee and nothing can be further from the truth. My dear brothers, the sword is only strong enough to kill the body of a person. The, strong, the, heart, the, the sword is never strong enough to capture the heart of a person. Rather, it was the akhlaq displayed by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, it was the akhlaq displayed by the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum that caused people to accept Islam. فَإِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ O Nabi of Allah, it is because of Allah's mercy you are very understanding towards Sahaba. And O oh Allah's Nabi, if you had been an uncouth person, a rough person, a person with bad akhlaq, then the Sahaba would have ran away from you. There was a Jew by the name of Zayb bin Su'na. On one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had taken a loan from this person, Zayb bin Su'na, taken a loan from him. So this Jew came back before the day that was agreed upon to settle the debt. Before that time he came back to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he comes and he addresses Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a very, very harsh manner. And he takes hold of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam by the collar of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Has Umar radiallahu ta'ala is standing there. His eyes are turning in his head. He cannot believe what he is seeing. So oh, Allah's Nabi, just give me the, just give me the permission, I will strike the head of this kafir. Allah's Nabi, akhlaq my dear brothers. Allah's Nabi at that time says, oh, Umar, da'hu, leave him. Umar, leave him, he can speak, he has the right to speak. Oh, Umar, take him to the Baytul Mal and give him repayment for his, due, for his whatever is due to him. So Umar radiallahu is now work, walking with this Jew, Zayb bin Su'na. Say, oh, Zayb, why did you treat my Nabi in this way? So Umar, I did not come here to harass your Nabi. I came here, I came here to test out the level of tolerance of your Nabi. To test out the akhlaq of your Nabi. And if I've seen what sublime character he has, Ashhadu wa la Allah, wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Which sword was used? Which sword was used to force Zayd ibn Suhana into Iman, into Islam? No sword is made, but it was the akhlaq of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now we say, history repeats itself. Nabi alayhi salatu wa sallam, in the first 18 years of his life, he only faced hostilities from the kuffar. And then after the treaty of Hudaybiyah, now the kuffar saw Islam in a new light, in a new light. And at that time, there was a lull of hostilities between the Muslims and the kuffar. Many prominent people accepted Islam. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, Hazrat Amr ibn Asr radiallahu ta'ala anhum. And many people came to Islam. Likewise, many brothers, in the past many years, we've only seen Islam being 
projected in a very, very negative light in the media. But recently, my dear friends, because of certain happenings in the world, many people now have become interested in Islam. They have now, they are beginning to see Islam in a very, very different light, in a very, very different way. So now, my dear friends, more than ever before, it is our responsibility for Muslims to put their best foot forward and show the world that what is the akhlaq and what is the character of Islam. Allah give us understanding.